Hey everyone, I'm Scott Perry, Chief Difference Maker at Creative On Purpose. I'm also a head coach at Seth Godin's uh, Kimball Workshops, the Freelancers Workshop at the Creatives Workshop. This is a broadcast called Coffee On Purpose, a special Creative On Purpose live broadcast where I bring on someone whose work I respect, someone who inspires and informs my own adventures in difference making. And we choose a word or a topic and we unpack how it might broadly apply to those of you that also seek to make a bigger and better difference with the time that you have. And today I've got my friend, Beth Fitzgerald. We're gonna talk about influence. Beth, tell our viewers who you are, what you're up to these days and where can people go to learn more? Fantastic, thank you, Scott. Uh, I'm an executive coach. I coach leaders and their teams. I look to optimize and transform their performance and I'm incredibly passionate about leadership, but not any kind of leadership. I'm really focused on value-based, heart-centered leadership. And I don't think that just happens for anyone. I think that you have to be intentional about curating that. So that's what I do. That's who I am. And you can find me at BethFitzgerald.com or Fitzgerald Coaching and Consulting on Facebook. And if you're tuning in on LinkedIn Live, Beth is also on LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, so Beth, you chose the topic uh, influence, which is a subject very near and dear to my heart as our values and value-based leadership. So I may have to weave that in somehow. Um, what I love to do is to start by defining our terms. What does influence mean and how, how does it apply broadly to making a difference in the work that you do? Well, the one thing I love about influence is I think that people think they have to achieve a certain status to have influence, and I disagree with that completely. Um, as the mother of four, you know, look at a two-year-old kicking and screaming on the floor, and I will argue that child has a lot of influence. So I think we we dismiss influence because we don't think we're at the right level. And, and I would argue that everybody has influence because if you interact with other people, you have influence. Yeah, I love that. One of the reasons why it's a subject near and dear to my heart is um, it's it's not really a secret that that uh, the ancient Hellenistic philosophy of Stoicism influences and inspires a lot of the work I do at Creative on Purpose. And you, one of the tenets of um, Stoicism is that almost everything is beyond your control and you possess all you need to control to be able to thrive through any circumstance or situation. You control your thoughts, the way that you perceive yourself and your situation and other people, and you control your actions. You get to frame your choices, make your decisions, and take the next step into potential impossibility. And for me, that's where your influence lies. So it's sometimes people think stoicism is very fatalistic, like just sit around and wait for things to happen the way they're going to happen. And that's not at all true. Uh, they believe that you know you have a duty to actually engage in the world. You can't possibly know what's going to happen next, and it is your obligation as a human being to step into possibility with and for the people that you find yourself with in a way that enhances the prospects and prosperity for everyone. So I love this idea that nothing is in our control, really, and at the same time, we always have the ability to influence what's going to happen next. So what are some of the tools that you you use to well, I think part of this is how do you how do you help people and since you and I are both coaches, I'm really interested in your take on this. How, how do you help people see or remind them of their agency, their ability to have influence on themselves and their situation and, and how others behave? 
and, and how they impact others. The one thing that I uh, is kind of a, a go to sentence that I have is that it's not about it's not about us. It's not about me. Right. And it's not about it's not about you, even though you and I are on this call today. It's not about us. Right. We came to talk about a word called influence that we're hoping and the power of influence. Right. So we're hoping to unpack it and share it with everybody that's on the call, but also to get a greater or deeper understanding of it for you and I. And so when you when you say to someone, it's not about you, um, it changes everything like the leaders that I that I coach will come with the problem and I'll say okay it's not about you so let's look at it from another angle and as soon as we do the whole thing changes right and then like you said about stoicism and nothing has changed the problem is still there it's the exact same problem you came to me with but now when I say it's not about you and you can look at it from a different seat or a pair of different shoes you may look at it completely differently and this goes you know this is in corporate America but this is also with my kids when they come home and say, um, you know, I, I had a test and it, the, the test was unfair. Okay. It's not about you. Let's go back. Like this is a teacher. They made a test. You, know, you can either study harder or go to the teacher and get extra help or whatever. But, but it's not, it's not about you. It's not a personal attack on you. And when you can, when you can use that sentence and say, okay, if it's not about me, what is it about? How can I look at this differently? Very often it softens everything up and allows for an easier transition or solution. Yeah, I love that. We talk a lot of creative on purpose about zooming in and out. And what I hear you pointing to is most of the time we're very invested in zooming in, like what's in it for me? How can I shine? How can I get mine uh, in this exchange, this this circumstance, this this uh, transaction or what have you? Um, and And so, it's a very, it's a valuable thing to be able to contextualize yourself in any situation, like to zoom out and see that in the grand scheme of things, actually, not only does this situation not really matter that much, but you don't matter that much either. But then to, I think it's once, once you get that contextualization, it's okay to zoom back in and do what you really should and need to do to bring about the best uh, outcome to influence the best outcome that you're able with and for the people that you find yourself with. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to, to your point, when you're looking from a corporate standpoint and you're saying, okay, I'm focused on the bottom line. Great. I have no problem with the bottom line, but if we're only focused on the bottom line, you're not going to be a very good leader and you're not going to be able to pull back and, and say, okay, what is this person going through? Because if you can, if you can look at that, counterparty to you and say, okay, you know, it was about, it was about a, well, it, okay, we'll start with a, but can we go to where they are in their work situation? Where are they in their personal situation? What is going on in their, in their whole life? And then you can back up and say, okay, now, yes, it's about a bottom line, but I can come at this from a such a heart centered value, you know, kind of values based place where everybody can be a winner in this and we can still get to that bottom line that you're looking for but from a, a, a much better and um people person place you know we're, when we stop managing people i won't care about it anymore but if you're managing people i care deeply about you and everybody that you're touching well i appreciate that you, that you wove the values in because i think I was recently um, having a conversation with someone online that was asking what what are the values that I would 
like to see most taught in schools? And I mean, when was the last time you heard about values even being discussed? Never mind value development, character development, and that sort of thing being discussed in, in our school system, you know, whether it's public, private, um, elementary, high school, or, or uh, advanced, you know, degrees. What, what is the importance and how do we, how do we help people see the virtue of dialing in their values and cultivating the values that they wish to express in the world and how to, and to your point that you're just making, you know, in the corporate world, in business in general, you know, you hear it all the time. Well, it's just business. I'm just, you know, and it's like, okay, so, but you know, is your business to <laughs> be continuously out of alignment with who you really are and what you really believe? Cause that doesn't sound like a very uh, great way to, cultivate fulfillment, flourishing, and a sense of thriving in an endeavor. Um, so how, how do you help people uh, see the, the virtue of, val of, of value-centered leadership and then lean into that edge uh, and, and really start to cultivate and also articulate their values through, through the work that they do? So, so that's a lot, <laughs> but let me back up to the first thing you said. The, the thing that I, I find is that a lot of people don't even look at their values they haven't explored it which you know does and does not blow my mind right so uh one of the things i i teach in one of my classes is career mapping and one of the things that is their responsibility in this kind of list of 10 is to to secure five important values to them now if you go and look up if you go and look up values i mean there are like thousands that that you could have as a value to you and or virtue and when you can really nail down five to seven values that are critically important to you and then and then work from there as your base as your foundation I mean that they're your cornerstone so if you think you know for for me one of my values is integrity and it, it's critically important to me and so I will say things that are incredibly uncomfortable for me to say, but it's because I stand behind my integrity. And so, or I won't do business with someone or something because I stand behind my integrity. And have I fallen off of that? For sure, uh, you know, either, usually very unbeknownst to me, but I, I'm buying a piece of clothing and then I'm reminded that, you know, Patagonia really is, is centered in something that I believe in. So should I really be buying my quarter zip from them instead of someone else that maybe I don't stand behind how they create their product. So um, truth is an incredibly important value for me. Again, that also puts me in some uncomfortable situations to speak my truth. It, it, you know, I don't ever want to hurt anyone, but I will be truthful and, and I'll find a way to deliver the truth so that they know. And I will say, you know, that if I am nothing, uh, I am honest and truthful. So when you when you really sit down and take a, a moment to come up with five or seven values, I, I I think, and there could be more, there could be way more, but if you really find the ones that, that drive who you are as a human being, then you can really go and live those. But we fall off of those be, just because we forget. We aren't bad people. The people who aren't living their values aren't bad people. They just haven't sat down and, and said, what do I really deem valuable? What do I believe are the values I wanna stand behind? And who are, make my brand, 
right? Everybody talks about branding. What is your brand? Because once you realize that something is non-negotiable for you, then it, it determines how you behave as opposed to the opposite. You behave and realize that maybe you didn't behave in coordination with your values. And then it's something either you regret or you have to apologize or whatever. So uh, having that as a base is, I believe, critical. Yeah, I love that. One of the taglines that we use at Creative on Purpose is to uh, engage in endeavors that enhance the lives of others. And some of our founded, founding guiding principles are intention and integrity. And one of the things that we do uh, at the beginning of um, working with someone is to encourage them to take uh, the values and action character strength survey. Um, you can do this for free. I think it's VIA.org. Um, they organize 24 values, I believe, if, if I'm remembering that right, around six virtues. Four of them happen to be the, the virtues of stoicism, wisdom, temperance, uh, courage, and I keep, and justice. Thank you. I uh, haven't, haven't completely lost my mind yet. Um, what The reason that we do that is because, you know, we're, we're trying to help people lean into the impossible work of making things better, of making, having an impact and, and creating a better world and creating, you know, greater sense of thriving and fulfillment for the people that they do their work with and for. And in the pursuit of clarity and also in the pursuit of finding fulfillment and in a sense of flourishing, you, those values become your yardstick. Everything that you do you can put up against, uh, I think, in the VIA system, it's it's five core values that you know that are kind of the, the 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 ones that you lean on the most often. And to your point, you can also decide like there's some values that are really low on my list that I would like to improve in. Um, but you have this yardstick, and then every decision that you make goes up against that yardstick. And if it doesn't measure up, then you you. You just made it. You, it's a, it helps you clarify your decision making. It helps you understand. And so often, I think, in this day and age, we we reward certainty and overconfidence in things that you can't possibly be certain and overconfident about. And we see this in our politics and our economics and uh, in our you know cultural exchanges. You know, we we reward those that just appear to have a great deal of certainty and overconfidence um, and make decisions completely based on expediency and not based on ethics, morals, values, you know, the, the things that really matter. So I love that idea that, you know, putting values first can be a great clarifier, provide a lot of focus, can provide a lot of discipline, and also, I think it emboldens people to take, you know, to, to continue to take small steps into their potential impossibility and in, in the difference that they're trying to make in the world. Yeah. yeah, and it also adds ownership, right? You don't have values, then, then and, and it's not that you don't have them, but you haven't decided which ones are most important to you but when you decide you own it and then that and then that's you and when there's ownership then like you said the yardstick is official and you can go from there well and so you're pointing to something else really important and near and dear to to my heart at creative on purpose which is agency like reminding people of what they actually are in charge of 
Um, and, you know, again, we live in a world where a lot of the time we're told, oh, it's it's not your fault or just do this and we'll, and you'll get bread and circuses um, and, and we will entertain you. So uh, I'd be curious about your thoughts on how, how, how do you use your influence in the work that you do to help people not just recognize the agency that they have over their, their thoughts and actions, but actually take ownership uh, of, of those thoughts and actions. So uh, um, I didn't think we were going to go here, but but uh, I write a daily blog, right? And so every day I write these three small paragraphs. I put it on Facebook or it goes out on an email. And every day I'm encouraging people to think, right? And so it, we might be thinking about a value. We might be thinking about, a, you know, intention. We might be thinking about a lot of different things, but it's just a, a way for people to remember to think. And so you might act on it. You might not. You may look at it and say, I hadn't thought about that, but I, I use my influence every day to be on Facebook um, and my blog and to just encourage people to say, hey, this is what I'm thinking about. And I, I, I kind of write like, um, I've my husband says, you're, you're like Jerry Seinfeld. Now, let me just caveat that. I'm not funny. I mean, I think I'm funny, but I'm not funny. I think I'm very funny. Um, but I write for daily things. So it's what I experienced, right? So I'm on a hike and the tree fell down. Like everybody can relate to that, right? Or, uh, you know, I, I'm coming out of the tunnel and I get a flat tire. Like everybody can relate to that. And then I tie it into how I thought that made me think about life or how I could be better. And it's all about being a better you. So, it, you know, at the end of the day, that's all I'm, I'm gunning for, right, is a better me. There's only one Beth Fitzgerald and I can't be Scott Perry, so I might as well be a really good Beth Fitzgerald. And, uh, and that's how I use my influence every day to just say, hey, this is what I'm thinking about. I want you to think about it. I hope it encourages you to do something um, either good for yourself or good for someone else in the world. And if we are all doing that every day, or at least thinking about it, we got, we have to be able to make the world a better place. Yeah. Well, I think everyone would agree that one Scott Perry in the world is maybe already one too many. So thank you. <laughs> and, the, and my kids would tell you one Beth Fitzgerald is way too many. Well, I love, uh, yes, like you, um, I'm, I'm hilarious, but nobody else seems to recognize that, uh, which is unfortunate. Um, the, I love your daily discipline and I love, I, I, I write less frequently, but I do engage with my, my list three times, um, a week. And I do post on LinkedIn, uh, almost daily. And one of the things that I've learned from our mutual friend, Seth Godin, you and I are both um, graduates of his programs, is he, he has talked in the past about how he intentionally tries to get under people's skin. That's one of the things that as a head coach in his programs, I have to explain to students early on when they get very upset is like, actually he did this on purpose. Like he did it with love but he also did it on purpose. He's intentionally trying to get you to scratch an itch that you didn't know you needed to scratch um, to, uh, to your point, to help you think. Mm -hmm. And I frame that as empathetic antagonism. I intentionally give you a perspective that is going to come at you sideways and make you go, huh, I, I don't know <laughs> that that's true, but um, I'm curious to to lean in and learn more. I, I don't have any answers, but I I do I, I love I love 
I love me a beautiful, provocative question, um, and I love a great discussion. And so uh, I love that that posture that you were describing of of showing up to those that have given you permission, but also on social media to start thinking. I think there's there's not enough <laughs> thoughtful deliberation uh, going on in the world right now. It's seem to be seem to be increasingly uh, embracing tribalism. And we just want to surround ourselves with people that think just like we do and and want things to be just the way that we want them. Uh, yeah, you know, I, uh, um, I wrote today about the World Trade Center. And uh, I said, let's not forget that that was an act of hate, right? And hate hasn't ever really gotten us anywhere. So let, let's go with love. Let's try that. Right. Let's see if we can just spread the love in whatever way possible. So when I write my posts every day, it's not you should. It's just like, hey, here's something, you know, it might resonate with you. It might not. If not, come back tomorrow. Tomorrow may resonate with you. But I'm going to try to put positivity in the world and I'm not going to shy away from what is going wrong in my life. I share all my my pitfalls and all as well. It's not it's not a highlight reel all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I was recently having a conversation where I, I was uh, someone was saying something nice about something I had just shared recently in my newsletter. And it was something that I when I hit the send button, I was like, Oh, Lord, this is like the worst thing I've ever written. I can't believe I'm but I got nothing else. And it's, it's time to send. So I'm gonna and whenever I have those moments, it's always like the thing that gets the most positive feedback. Um, but the, the, my attitude is half of everything I write is below average and half of everything I write is above average. Um, I just don't, I, I'm not the best judge often of which is which. And so just as we're winding down our time together, I'm, I'm wondering about your thoughts on weaving in uh, the role of, um, of uncertainty and, uh, you know, knowing that things don't always work out the way we intend when we seek to influence a result um how do, how do you how do you embrace uh th those kind of uncertainties and and the, the the inability to you know guarantee outcomes and results as you even as you try to influence situations well, I think, you know, for uncertainty, that's life like that. That is the entirety of your life. You know, that that is one thing you can be certain of is that your life will be filled with uncertainty. So if you're waiting for certainty, it very rarely happens. And if you're not going to have any action steps until you're certain, you're probably not going to move. Um, but as far as moving forward anyway and, and failing along the way, I've never learned anything from my successes. It's all of my failures and all of my stumbling blocks and all of the things that have me, you know, kind of, I, I say, kind of grappling through the mud um, that where I've learned the most about myself and about my journey. And so, you know, if we if we don't want to get dirty, then we're not going to grow. So you just kind of have to say, OK, any stumbling block, any uncertainty, any failure, any misstep, all of that has made us stronger. And it's also made us more resilient. And it also, you know, got got us to a point where we wouldn't have otherwise been had we not taken that risk or or waited for certainty so you know look I, i'm a, i'm as afraid as the next person about going forward in uncertainty but i've learned over the past eight or nine years in this business that just go that you, and and i think people hesitate because 
they think it's going to be an epic failure, but we don't take epic steps, right? They, you don't you don't leap the crevasse, right? You take one step and then you take another step and you take another step, and there may be a misstep along the way, but but there isn't uh, there isn't a major epic failure um, in taking baby steps. So take the baby steps, and uh, and you'll be. I'm far more proud of the things that I have done that have been through mistakes than I am of the things that were an easy road, right? You, you, you look at something that was really hard and you say, I am darn proud of that, darn proud of that. And, and it wasn't uh, without its bumps and uglies. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the, one of the things that we talk about when we're helping people develop and deliver their endeavor is, um, you know, even the big failures are still opportunities. I mean, if it's if it's an absolute, like there's no way of reframing it as a win, you still have learned the valuable lessons uh, uh, and built the virtues of patience and humility and acceptance. And you mentioned resilience. I mean, these are these are things that you must also cultivate if you're going to be engaged in an, in an endeavor that seeks to break or bend the status quo in, in a better direction. Um, so, and just to circle back to something that you um, shared earlier, it's also like that's also the opportunity to zoom back out because when we're framing things as failure, we're probably have a little bit too much of ourselves and our ego tied to what's going on. And you know, what a, what a great opportunity to zoom out and see that in the grand scheme of things, once again, it was that it wasn't as awful as we thought and we're not um as important as maybe we thought and then we can zoom back in and do the work that we need to need to do love that agreed 100 percent. so beth just uh, would love for you to share uh you know we you've shared lots of, of great insights and uh ideas around this idea of influence if there was you know people that are tuning into this broadcast see themselves as difference makers. They either aspire to make a bigger difference in the world or they want to advance in the difference that only they can make. And if you had one parting piece of advice around influence uh, to share with someone, what would that be? What would you do to encourage them to take a, a, a small, bold step into their potential and possibility? Um, that's a great question. I, I would say this, all of us have been gifted with a superpower, right? And so, and many superpowers. So whatever your gifts are, Scott, are different than my gifts. And so, and, and however you view it, whether it's the universe or a creator or whatever, we all have our own gifts. And, but the important thing to know about those gifts is they aren't for you. All right. They're not for you. They're for somebody else. And so if you never created this podcast, you would not be sharing your gifts with the world. Right. And, and me as well. You know, I get I have the same hesitation when I go to hit send on a post that I'm not completely loving, but but I'm putting my gifts out there. And so I would say to anybody who's listening, you have superpowers that you were gifted with, but they weren't they are not for you. They're for the rest of the world. So the rest of us who want your superpowers so that you can share them with us. I strongly encourage you to be brave, face your fears, walk into that uncertainty, walk into the place where you do have influence and the power to influence others and, and bring that gift to us because we need it. 
could not agree more. What a fabulous way to end this broadcast. Uh, so thank you all folks for tuning in. We hope that today's discussion uh, encourages you to step a little bit more boldly into an endeavor that uh, makes a difference and that you will continue to fly higher in the difference only you can make. Uh, Beth Fitzgerald, thanks so much for the insight and wisdom that you shared with us today. Scott, the pleasure was all mine. Thank you so much.